Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we teach life and leadership skills to teens and their parents. I'm your host, Rachel Murphy, and today I'm joined by our newest high schooler, Jenna. Jenna, how does it feel to have finally made it to high school? It feels like it's taken a long time to get to this point. What are you most looking forward to this year? Definitely driving. These kids are growing up way too fast. It seems like life is moving at an even faster pace now that we have only one little person. And then we have one in middle school, two in high school, and one graduated from college. Our little people aren't so little anymore. As parents, we want our kids to be successful and go out and spread their wings and fly on their own. We want to do all that we can to set them up for success. And that's our mission. We want to come alongside parents and teens and help teach them the skills they need to be confident, responsible leaders. Which leads me to our guest for today. We are so excited to have Jeannie Berlowski on the podcast with us today. Jeannie is a full-time academic strategist, speaker, and podcast host. And she is the author of the book, Launch, How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward. Her speaking, podcasting, and writing help parents set their kids up to graduate college debt-free and move directly into careers they excel and love. Her work has been featured in publications such as the Huffington Post, USA Today, Nerd Wallet, and U.S. News and World Report, and on CBS News. Welcome, Jeannie. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you, Rachel. It's great to be here. So can you tell us what exactly is an academic strategist and how did you become one? You know, Jenna, that is such a good question for someone to be asking when they just started high school. What is an academic strategist? Well, for 25 years, I have had uh, owned a consulting company where I help students apply to highly competitive law schools, medical schools, graduate schools, and business schools. And so uh, I'm working with these students with very, very high goals. And as a strategist, helping them to get to those goals, I have to have a debt discussion with them because we have to figure out if you're going to go to medical school, are you going to be able to handle all that medical school debt on top of all of your undergraduate debt? And there were times when I would have to say to my clients, I'm sorry, but you actually can't go to medical school now because you have $180,000 in debt from undergrad that wasn't really even necessary. And you're going to add on to that $300,000 in medical school debt, you won't be able to pay all that off on a doctor's salary. And sometimes I would say, how did you get $180,000 in medical school, um, in undergraduate debt? And my clients would tell me that their parents or their guidance counselors, or this really burns me, a very expensive educational consultant hired by the family told the child that they would be best off going to a really fancy college that wasn't giving them any free money, no financial help at all, because they said it would be, uh, you'd have a better chance of getting into medical school. And that's not even true. And I know it's not true because I help kids get into top 20 medical schools that went to Joe Blow Podunk Drinking School. And it's (laughs) not even hard for me to do that. Now, on the other hand, In this academic strategy work that I do where I'm helping people shoot for these really high goals, I have had some of the most strategic kids in the country coming through my office. So sometimes I would say, how much undergraduate student loan debt do you have right now if we're looking at the cumulative? 
And the person would say to me, I have zero. And then I would say, how did you do that? Because of course I just had the $180,000 guy just the hour before. And uh, I am been astounded by the clever, cool ways these students and their parents were finding to get through college debt free. So I started just writing down all of their genius ideas. I put them in a file and then I stuffed them all into a book. <laughs> and we have that book. It's a great book. You do. You have that book. Yes. And what has I love it. What has stood out to you about it so far? And I guess I want to know how does it make you feel? Because um, when I wrote this book, I was constantly thinking of parents like you and how they were going to feel getting these ideas. You can tell this book is well thought out. It's broken down into brief action steps that you can take, and it tells you when to take them. So you just open up the book to wherever you are. Look, here's the summer of eighth grade. Here's what I need to do. I knew it was going to be very important that no parents, when they're reading Launch, How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and into Jobs They Love Afterward, I never wanted a parent to feel overwhelmed. So every chapter title has your kids' month and year in school. So there's a chapter called May of Ninth Grade, September of 10th grade, and they're stretched out from the, the seventh grade year all the way through uh, just before they go off to college after the graduation from high school. And I'm, I'm all very concerned about parents who feel like they're late. Like, what do you do if you're a parent listening to this podcast and you have an 11th grader or a 12th grader, and you're just now hearing about this book that has chapters in it for parents of kids who are in eighth grade. Do you Are you behind? And what I love to say is this is not like a cake where if you leave out the flour, it's going to flop. Nobody does everything that's in this book. It's just designed so it's like a buffet. You pick and choose what works best for you. You let go of the rest. And um, I have this great resource, and I don't know if you and your husband have seen this yet, but I have a little video training, and it is just quick, fast-paced, 10-minute video training based on the age of your kid, and uh, everyone can get a pen out and write this down. It's at bit.ly slash easy launch instructions, and I'm sure Rachel will put that in the show notes for this, Yes. but if you're writing that down, it's belikeboyit.com ly slash easy launch instructions and that's all lowercase all one word and you'll see me there whatever the age of your kid is you'll see me there saying oh you're parenting a seventh or eighth grader here's what to know right now if you're parenting an 11th or 12th grader and uh here's how to use this book in the most efficient way and people tell me that those little 10 minute training videos just make them feel so much better. Like I can jump in where I am right now and I do not need to worry that I'm behind. And ha yes, have you seen one of those videos yet? Yes. We, I've watched a bunch of, how, how of did those. That, how did those make you feel? It's like you have an aunt that's telling you it's going to be okay. I know when my oldest went to college, when he was getting ready, it was so overwhelming. You kind of just wanted to stick your head in the sand because yeah. it's very confusing. And you know, you're not the only one that feels that way. Even people who are trained high school guidance counselors, they get in this process 
with their kids and even they feel overwhelmed. And there was one high school guidance counselor who I got to know her quite well because she kept having me come and speak at her school. And I said, in your master's program, how much did they teach you about college financing? And she said, zero. And I said, zero? I was utterly shocked. Even the people who are supposed to be leading us aren't being taught on what to do. And so the strategies I provide are all designed around, first of all, what those brilliant clients of mine were saying for ideas. And then my research on top of that, what really works and what really helps and what are strategies we want to stay away from. Right. Yeah, I see so many people these days and they have a huge amount of college debt and they're not even in the field they went in to study for. And you know they're going to be paying it off for the rest of their life. Right, and that that is a real concern. As a strategist, I help students to clarify the bullseye on the target before they take aim and shoot. And one of our highest goals is not one wasted class, not one wasted dollar. So we clarify the goal first, and then we start marching toward that with every step, every dollar, every class leading directly to that goal. So when the student gets out, they're able to step directly into a career that they excel at and love. And my favorite phrase for this is, we want to help you to clarify the bullseye on the target before you take aim and shoot. And kids as young as middle school hear me say this and they say, that makes perfect sense. I I can get, I can follow this lady. And it's funny, I have, I always thought that my writing and my podcasting was going to be for parents. That's what I thought. And I've been shocked that I have a huge following among financial advisors who use my principles to guide parents so that they're, um, so that they're, the parents don't spend too much money on college and they have more money to pour into retirement. And then I also have a huge following among middle school and high school students. I send out a, um, Jenna, you'll like this. I send out an email newsletter that goes out every Monday morning and it always has a helpful article in it. And then if I'm doing any webinars or I'm doing live speaking, you can always tell where that is in that newsletter. And um, anyone can subscribe at bit.ly slash helpful newsletter. And that's all lowercase, all one word. And it's, it, it's interesting how many students read that every single Monday morning. Even if they're not usually email readers, they get that out. And I think one reason is for people like Jenna, it just makes you feel better that there's this helpful aunt that's kind of guiding your parents through the process, right? Yeah, Jenna, we've been talking about this a lot, right, Jenna? Yeah. Jenna, what stuck out to you about what you've, maybe you've seen part of the book or maybe your mom has said something about it. What stands out about it to you? I really don't know because she's like told me parts of it, but like, I, yeah, I don't. Jenna is really excited about the thought of potentially going away to college and having it be totally paid for. And she wants to go somewhere that it's not hot. Oh, (laughs) yes. And if you can go there and you can have cool weather and have it uh, totally paid for, that is great. Now, the the very first chapter of Launch, How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward, it's a cautionary tale. It's a story 
about this family that did everything backwards, did everything wrong. And the way they did it is just typically the way our people in our culture think that's how you do it. And you can see the devastation in this family as this daughter accumulates a whole bunch of student loan debt. And then she marries a guy with a whole bunch of student loan debt and they have no job prospects. And I had a mom come up to me where I was speaking and she said, I had my seventh grade son read that chapter one. And the seventh grade son was standing there with her at this event. And he said to me, his eyes this big, he said, I am never going to let that happen to me. And he said, you know, sometimes my mom tells me some things I should do and I push back on her a little bit. But if my mom tells me that Jeannie Berlowski said we should do it so you don't get student loan debt, I listen to that more. <laughs> I think Jeannie Berlowski needs like a TikTok song. <laughs> I'm going to have to get the I'm going to have to get the middle school and high school students to do that for me. That's funny. I like the book because it is a little overwhelming when you first look at it because it's very thick. But when you look in there and you see, oh, I just have to do this, it's not so bad. Yeah, you know, you bring right. up a good point. I know it is a thick book, and these days um, some people think people won't read thick books, but it's really a reference book. And I had to make a decision when I started putting this information together. Do I hand it out in little bits like little tiny bits where you have to find a little piece here and then you have to go find a little piece here. And what I'm finding is that parents are sick and tired of finding little bits here and there on the internet. It's driving people crazy. And so what you want is one authoritative source where everything is all in one place. And the way I keep people from being overwhelmed is by making sure you only read a chapter every three months as your kids are growing up. And that's pretty much about what it is. The chapters are labeled with your kid's current month and year in school. And so you know good and well, if you've just read the chapter on the summer after eighth grade, you're done and you don't have to read any further until your child reaches September of ninth grade, which is the next, uh, the next step on the ladder. And I think that those videos, this is what I'm hearing from people, those videos at bit.ly slash easy launch instructions, all lowercase, all one word, that's really helping people to feel like, oh, I can skip a whole ton of this. And she is just guiding me on exactly where I need to go for the age my kid is at right now. And if you only get one good idea, it's worth it. Yeah, right. Speaking of that, there was a lady who wrote an Amazon review and she said, I got this book when my daughter was a senior in high school. I only used an eighth of an inch of the pages because she jumped right to that, you know, that one of the end chapters toward the end is like April of 12th grade or something like that. She said, I still saved thousands and thousands of dollars on college. And all I did was read one eighth of an inch of the pages. So you bring up a good point. Yeah, so many people in our culture, you and I have talked about this before, we're so afraid of money, like we don't teach it to our kids, mm. and we pretend like we know what we're doing, so we go into this college thing, and I guess they're just doing what everybody else is doing, and everybody else is getting a loan, and so then they find out, whoa, we're in a big mess when all of that debt comes knocking. There are some people... Um, in this world that tend that stand to make a lot of money off of parents' poor decision-making. I'm sorry to say. And so the process has gotten so complicated that even if master's degree guidance counselors 
are feeling lost in the process? How do ordinary moms and dads feel? Or low-income parents, how do they feel? And those are the people, I mean, that's where my heart really goes out. And I want to make this clear, easy, step-by-step, -step, all the best ideas so that anyone who can read English can follow these instructions and figure out what they're supposed to do. And what, what I've been interested to hear is that for non-English speaking parents, because I couldn't translate this into every language, um, this book is mainly for parents in the United States because it's all about college financing in the United States. But for parents who don't speak English, what we're finding is that their kids, their kids ages 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, are reading the chapters themselves and walking themselves through the process or saying to their parents in their native language, here's what we need to be doing next. And they're saying it in Spanish or they're saying it in Chinese or whatever, or, or whatever it is that the parents speak. And when I hear those stories that the kids are managing the process by themselves when their parents can't read the directions, that is just, that, that just brings me to tears. That's that's one of the reasons why I'm here, to make this available for people who would struggle if they didn't have help. You have a key college planning strategy that you say is the best thing that parents can do to save on college costs. Can you tell us about that? Okay. So if you were going to ask me, Jenna, if you were going to say, Jeannie, we can only do one thing in the book. Um... Boy, um, my my response to you would be, I'd be really torn between two different ideas for you if you said we could only do one thing. So is Jenna, is it okay if I respond to that by saying two strategies? Sure. Okay, okay. Sure. Thank you. Um, so if you said to me, uh, give us one key most important thing that will save us the most massive amount of money. Uh, one would be dual enrollment college classes in high school. Now these are way, way better than AP classes. Uh, in 33 states, students are allowed to leave their high school campus and they're allowed to take real college classes for real college credit and have those classes count for high school credit and college credit at the same time. And in many states, the, um, the this is all paid for by the, uh, by the state. And so yes. some students are walking across the stage at their high school graduation and they have two years of college already completed an entire associate's degree. So when they go and move into the dormitory as an 18 year old, the registrar is giving them a call and saying, you know, next semester, you're going to be a college junior. So be sure you're registering on the correct day. You're not just a freshman like all those other kids in your dorm are right now. So if you ever hear a story where someone says, Jeannie Berlowski helped us and our kids got um, through college at a nice private school colleges at the age of 20 and then uh, went straight to her dream job at Disney. If you ever hear that story, dual enrollment was almost always a part of that story. And for your families who are listening here today, if you wonder if your state has that, because this is a national podcast. 
So we can't address state by state by state, but you can Google the name of your state and the words dual enrollment, and you'll get straight to your um, college, uh, your state's Department of Education website, and they'll tell you all the rules about dual enrollment in your state. Is it allowed? Does the state pay for it? How does it work? And typically what happens is students sign up for this when they're in 10th grade and then they will do dual enrollment classes in 11th grade and 12th grade. And or if people don't find out about it until later, some students do dual enrollment just in 12th grade. And Jenna, one thing that might cross your mind is you might wonder um, if I do this, if I'm going down the street to the community college and I'm taking college classes when I'm in high school, can I still have the full high school experience? Can I still be a cheerleader? Can I still be on a football team? Can I still go to speech tournaments? And the answer is yes. Students who do dual enrollment still get to do all the extracurricular activities. They go to prom, they're on the student council, they're uh, on the soccer team. And I have an article that I've written that's um, was actually a response to a student who asked me about this and anyone can find it by googling my last name which is Berlowski and the words full high school experience and you'll find this article where I talk about how great dual enrollment can be and how it doesn't hamper your high school education at all so that's actually, one idea then I got another what where we live you can actually dual enroll at your local public high school on the campus they're doing college classes right on the cam right on the campus yeah. through a college in the schools program or something like that. And the thing I would find out is, is this class that the student's taking, is it real college credit that will be easily transferable? And one way you can find out if it's transferable is by calling a couple colleges in the area and saying, if my child enrolls at your college, will you take these credits? that she earned before her high school graduation. And that's a great way to get an answer on, is that transferable or not? So Jenna, do you wanna know the second biggest way I think people can get through college debt free? Sure. <laughs> and, and this is really coming from a strategist. You know what I said earlier about, we? I want students of every age, not just medical school applicants. I want all students to clarify the bullseye on the target before they take aim and shoot. We don't want students to be in this situation where they pull back the arrow on the bowstring, shoot the arrow, and then five years later, they look around for the target. Oh, what kind of job can I do with this major? That's completely backwards. So uh, one of my biggest strategies is in chapter 13 of launch, how to get your kids through college debt-free and into jobs they love afterward. and people use this strategy even if, let's say your family's so wealthy that you have millions and millions of dollars, you're, you're Bill Gates, you, you can still use this, uh, people do buy launch just for this particular strategy even if they don't need any of the money strategies. And what's in chapter 13 is I taught, I, I really want students in about January of 10th grade, I want them to take three career assessments. And I think, Rachel, I think this is a thing you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. So I want um, a really, really love for students to take three specific career assessments. And if you ask me, I can talk about what they are here today. 
And then what we do is we converge them. And as early as 10th grade, we're able to land on what would probably likely be an amazing career goal for this student based on, let's take Jennifer for an example, based on how she's wired, based on her personality type, her natural interests, her natural God-given strengths, what would be an amazing career goal for her? And then if she does this, let's say she does this in January of 10th grade or so, then she could go and do some job shadowing in that field. So if we just if it became apparent, look at this girl, she would be an amazing computer software engineer. That just, she, she is naturally wired for that. The assessments are showing that we have her go to work with a software engineer and watch what they do all day and learn about what it's like to write code and deal with the sales team and deal with the product managers and what is that like? She gets a taste of it and she can decide, do I love this or do I hate it? And if she loves it, she can find more opportunities to job shadow, opportunities to volunteer in that field, opportunities to start stepping into learning coding for herself before she ever even graduates from high school. And man, this puts kids on the fast track to being able to get to real jobs. If Jenna did this, she'd be in a far better, far more powerful position than someone who studies for four years, they get a major, and then they go, now what kind of a job can I do? You know, it's just that I'm so glad you're laughing. Yeah. I remember me at that age, and I really didn't have a clue. You know, it's so, and you're not alone. I mean, so many people don't. If I could change the world, if I would force colleges and universities, if I could, to make everybody take a one credit class their very first semester on campus, and I would want them to take these three career assessments, identify some career goals that they might be good at, do some job shadowing and write papers about their experiences. And that is just, you know, sometimes the wheels of justice turn slowly when it comes to education and it's never been done before and it seems a little radical and revolutionary. And so colleges are kind of like, well, we've never done that before, so we don't see a reason to start now. And that's why I reach out to parents and say, 10th grade's the perfect time. Let's give your kids a massive head start. And do you want to ask me about what the three assessments are? Why not? Look at her. She's so cute. <laughs> Should we talk about that briefly? Or do you want to ask yeah. me something else? Yeah, well, I was going to say, do you think that's why the graduation rate is so low? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things, when in Chapter 14 of Launch, it's the, that's the chapter where I'm walking parents through how to narrow down this massive field of potential colleges to what are some programs that might be amazing for this particular child? And I recommend one of my strategies is you go on collegedata.com where they crunch all the numbers about college in a standardized way. And you can look at their four-year graduation rates. And you know, some of these colleges that are supposed to be such good colleges, their four-year college graduation rates are abysmal. They're shocking. The thought that people are paying so much money and their students are not able to get through in four years. Some of them are graduating after six years, but a lot of them are not graduating at all. And I'm convinced that one reason this is, is that students don't have a sense of goal. 
they're like taking an algebra class and wondering what in the world am I doing this for? And it not only hampers their ability to graduate and get jobs, but it hampers their ability to just want to get up in the morning and go to class. Hampers their ability to study hard. But you take a student who knows from the time they're in 10th grade, I am really wired to be a special ed teacher. And I have a heart for those special ed kids. And I have a kind of personality that just works really well in that area. And my natural strengths drive me that way. And I've done all kinds of job shadowing and volunteering with special ed kids. Wow, that student gets to college and you can bet she gets up in the morning. Because when she's going to an English class or a history class, she knows she's amassing credits so that she can reach this goal, which is a real paid job working with special ed kids. She's inspired. So right. this whole idea of career assessments early on, really important. And you do have to have a certified person help you with this. I don't do this because I'm too busy helping people get into medical school and law school and graduate school. I refer out for these assessments. And anyone who wants to find somebody that does these, you can go to JeannieBerlowski.com. That's mission control for everything that I do. And there, there's an approved consultants tab. It's right at the very top. And there I list my favorite people that administer these assessments. They work nationwide and take clients from all over the place. I get nothing for telling you this. I don't have affiliate agreements with any of these people. I just make them available because they're my favorites. And um, there are financial advisors on there that walk parents through the debt-free college process during the tricky parts that, that I talk about in launch. So there's help for this. You don't have to sit in your own house and feel like there are resources that are not available to me. The resources are available and I tell you where to find them. All right. So let's talk about those three assessments. I recognized one of them. Which one did you recognize? The Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs. Yep. That's the, this is the Myers-Briggs, one of my favorites, and it's the uh, one that you have to have a certified person administer it. And the reason that is, is um, we want to make sure the results are accurate. And what the publishers of that instrument have found is that if a, if a person just takes that assessment and has it scored by a computer, the results could be off a little bit. And the reason is... Um, some people who uh, um, have one personality type might answer the questions as though they're a different personality type and it's an interpretation issue. Here's a, a classic thing. If uh, you have a beautifully introverted son and he loves to be alone and think deep thoughts and read deep books, and but all his life his whole family's been extroverted and they've always told him, oh, it's great to be outgoing. It's great to be a people person. It's great to be a person who likes big parties. And so he's been taught to value extroversion. So he answers all the questions as though he's an extrovert. Well, that could really throw the results off. I mean, uh, High quality job satisfaction for an introvert is very different from high quality job satisfaction for an extrovert. And so the, um, the caring certified practitioner, it works with the student to um, make sure that the assessment result was correct. And sometimes they tweak the results a little bit and they're heavily, heavily trained to do that. So the Myers-Briggs type indicator 
is the first assessment and that's the one where you find out that your personality type is ENTJ or INTP and people who are familiar with this instrument when they hear that I, Jeannie Berlowski, I am an ENTJ, they go, oh, I knew that. I could peg you immediately as an ENTJ. Um, so that's one because we are actually able to get um, some resources, which I talk about in chapter 13 of Launch, where we're able to give students and parents lists of possible careers that are amazing for these personality types. And what I love is sometimes I've had a, a, a let's say a beautiful ISTP uh, young man in my office. And um, I show them these lists of careers in the resource that I point to. And, and all these different careers are great for ISTP people, the way they think, the way they solve problems, the way they take in information, the way they get energy. And I'll see a boy cry because there's a career in there that he's always wanted to do, but he wondered if he would ever be good enough. And there, this authoritative resource is saying, you know what, you're an ISTP, you would be really good at this particular kind of career. And it, students, I mean, as young as 10th grade, it makes them feel amazing. And it gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of, uh, a sense of esteem. I am really wired for something and built for something great. And that can affect all the decisions that they make as they're going through the rest of high school. Life is so much better when you have purpose. Yes. And if you know you're beautifully introverted, you can just let go of all that expectation about extroversion. You don't have to worry so much about all the things you don't know how to do when there are some things you're naturally really gifted at. And I've never yet met a student that wasn't really naturally gifted for something. A lot of our problems we have where students have low, lower self-esteem or think they're not good enough, it's just that we haven't examined them closely enough. And we have tools that we can use to actually wrap some vocabulary around how wonderful these kids are. I wish I had done this in 10th grade. The, on my approved consultants tab, my favorite person on there, Cindy Matson. that's who I sent my own kids to her and I paid full price. And it was the best money I ever spent on my kids in their entire lives. And um, it's funny, I, I send people there all, send people to her all the time. I worry about her having, you know, too heavy a caseload because of how many people I send to her. Well, she says, has told me numerous parents have brought their 10th graders there or some people don't hear about this until their kids are in 11th or 12th or even when they're 26. All ages of kids over the age of 15 can go and have this done. So the mom brings the kids in and the kids are going through this and then the mom or the dad will say, I never had this done. I still want to know what I'm, I should do when I grow up and I'm 35, I'm 45 and I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So, so many adults are stepping into this too because they were inspired by how it transformed their kids' lives. That's a great tool to have in your tool belt. Yeah, right. And then you want to talk about the other two assessments? Sure. Okay, so there's the Myers-Briggs type indicator. The second one is called the Strong Interest Inventory. 
and these are made by the same publisher and you can actually you take the assessments separately and then you have the results released in one report and with the strong interest inventory here's what they're going to do for jenna when she's in 10th grade um, they're going to ask you a series of non-threatening easy questions you just do this online and it asks you questions about how would you would you prefer something would you prefer this and so it will say giving a speech in front of a hundred people would you well, on a scale of one to five would you love to do that or would you hate to do that or are you somewhere in the middle me I would love to give a speech to a hundred people but not everybody feels that way. Some people are like, I'm going to give it a one. I'd rather die. I'd rather, I'm going to go to a funeral. I'd rather be in the casket than be the person giving the eulogy, right? Um, so they ask you all these questions, arranging flowers. How would you feel about this? Would you, are you a five or are you a one? And then they're actually able to print out charts and graphs that are so interesting that show you that essentially your interests are not all over the board. Your interests tend to fall in, if you think of a pie or you, you know think of a pie chart, a circle, your interests tend to fall naturally in one slice of that pie or one slice of that circle. And if you can look for careers that are suited to your personality type and they fall in that slice where you're always, you're naturally interested, you get energy from it because it's just so interesting to you, that uh, those, those two keys working together are really helpful for figuring out career goal. And, you know, sometimes you hear about people doing these when they're displaced workers at the age of 55. When I hear that, I always think, why wait until you're 55? You do this in 10th grade and you can actually figure out what school should I go to? If you're going into sales, you're gonna go in a, maybe pick a very different school than if you're going into engineering. And oh my goodness, if you're fortunate enough to find out early on that you're actually cut out for technical school, like you could just go to school for two years, you could learn a trade and you could be out there making more money than people who have bachelor's degrees or master's degrees with two years of education. You find that out when you're in 10th grade, that you could be 20 years old and making $100,000 a year being an electrician or in heating and air conditioning or being an air traffic controller. That is really exciting, really liberating for kids. Now, some people ask me, Jeannie, do you send everybody to go to technical school, vocational training, because it's fast, it's inexpensive, you can get out and make great money? And my answer is no, I, I can't send everybody there, even though it's fast, it's expensive, it makes great money. Because what if we tried to send Jenna there, but she's actually called by God to be a surgeon or to be a psychologist or to be a school teacher? There, we can't send everybody to those programs because not everybody's wired that way. Not everybody's called to that. And so um, what we do, what I really advocate for is doing these assessments to figure it out. And then I tell everybody, strongly consider the technical school education because it's fast, it's inexpensive. You get to a well-paying job afterward, but don't go there if your personality type and your interests are naturally directing you in a different direction. Go to where 
you're going to be the most fulfilled and the happiest. And that's where they say that's where you're in your 80%. 80% of what you are in your personality and your interests and your strengths should intersect with 80% of what you do every day. That's where you have joy. And for some people, technical school leads to that place of joy. And for other people, it you got to have a four-year bachelor's degree or a master's degree or a PhD to get where you're going to go. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Jenna, does that make sense to you? Yes. Aren't you kind of happy that, I mean, here you are. How old are you now? 14. You're 14. Doesn't it, does it make you feel good that I'm not just shoving you into a box and saying, oh, you should do this because it's inexpensive. I, I, and you're nodding your head, Jenna. People can't see you <laughs> nodding your head when you're on a podcast. <laughs> But I hope it feels good to you that uh, what I'm really doing is honoring how you're made and honoring right. how you're wired and what your personality type is and find wrapping vocabulary around that so we can really appreciate who you are. It's interesting to me that of all the millions of people, we can break them down into these segments. We we're really very similar. Yeah, there are 16 Myers-Briggs types and uh, you can take Anyone who can understand the questions, and the questions have been translated into many, many, many languages, and you can actually find people landing in these 16 personality types, but the 16 personality types actually are nuanced. For example, I am a, I'm an ENTJ, but I'm a very, very, very strong E and a very, very, very strong J. So I'm a, I'm an ENTJ, but I'm very different from a person who's an ENTJ, but they're not really very E, or they're not really very, very J. So there are differences and nuances within the 16 types. But it sure does help me to know, I am for sure not an I, I am not introverted. (laughs) And because of that, I, I can be really careful to stay away from jobs that are done mostly alone. I make sure I do a job where I am really working with people because that's where my greatest strengths are. Why mess around with something I'm not ever going to be good at? This quarantine is killing you. Isn't oh, yeah. it? <laughs> you know what? Jeannie, do you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me out of here. <laughs> right now, some people are listening to this and it's after 2020, but we're right in, right in the middle of global pandemic as we're recording this. And yes, I did get sent to it. Uh, my family sent me to a cabin in northern Minnesota on the edge of Canada for, uh, and I was there for weeks by myself, so I would be safe when we didn't really know how bad it was going to be. Um, would you? I know we're we talking a, to the animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's pretty close to it. Um, did you? Um, well, you're kind of running down to the end of our time here. Do yeah. you want to talk about that third career assessment? Go ahead and talk about it. I know we're running long, but this has been such good info. Okay, okay. So the third career, and this is not technically a career assessment, and you don't have to have uh, a special assessor or a special certified person administer this one for you. It used to be called the Strengths Finder 2.0, and it has recently changed its name. It's now called the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Anyone can find it on Amazon. Just go and type in Strengths Finder 2.0, and you'll get a little white book with red writing on the outside. 
anybody can get this. And you should be about 15 years old before you get your hands on this. And in the very back of the book, there's a little red envelope. You open the envelope and there is your one-time use code where you're allowed to go online to the website and you put in this little code and you take an assessment sponsored by the Gallup organization. Now the Gallup organization, really well known for how they crunch data and you know they do the Gallup polls and they're really a leadership organization now. And um, you, you, so you could take this assessment and then instantly when you're done, they tell you your top five strengths based on Gallup research. Hmm. And this is an outstanding tool and it's only, it's under $20. And then con conveniently, every chapter of the little book that you just bought to get that code, every chapter is on a different one of the strengths. There are 34 human strengths that exist in the general population. And uh, you will be able to know what your top five are and you'll have be able to dive in with a little bit of depth by reading the chapter on your top five strengths and i um i tell students take a pen and go through your chapters that are about your strengths and underline everything that sounds like you and when students do this they're just only like 15 years old and they'll say this is amazing and some students will say i thought that this was a liability. I thought that I had a problem with this, this, or this. And now what I'm really finding out is that's actually a strength. And look, can I give you just a little example of, of a, a strength and the light that comes from this? Yes. Um, so there's, there, I'm going to just contrast two strengths. There's one strength that's called activator. An activator is uh, you have this strength and it's if it's really big in you, you're the kind of person that's, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get things started. Let's not just laze around here. And then there's a, a strength that is somewhat opposite in nature, and that's called deliberative. And the deliberative person has the gift of saying, let's go slow. Let's wait before we leap. Let's look ahead for danger. Let's make sure that we are making the best possible step we can rather than just plunging ahead and then being sorry later. Well, can you imagine how these activator and deliberative people butt heads? And, the, and if you have an activator dad and he's got a deliberative daughter, he might be frustrated all the time thinking, why are you so slow? Why can't you make decisions faster? Why can't you just get your show on the road? Let's get going. And meanwhile, the daughter is like, I'm not made that way. I don't, I, I like to be, I like to be slower and be a little more thoughtful about what I do. And what I've seen is that in families where the kids take the strengths finder assessment, the parents have their eyes open wide and they realize this thing that I thought was a liability in my kid is actually an amazing gift. And I just, it's probably a gift I need to have around me a little bit more. I can appreciate this child at levels I have never been able to before because I have vocabulary to be able to express what her strengths are. And Jennifer, students like you, someday, you know, if you're 15 years old, you want to go apply for a job at a candy store and they say, you're in your job interview, you would be able to say, I have a strength based on Gallup research that's called winning <laughs> others over. So when I'm in the candy store, 
I'll be able to get people to buy two pounds of candy when they only came in to buy one because I'm very good at talking people into things. <laughs> Can you imagine? you got a 15-year-old you're interviewing for a job and they start whipping out their strengths based on Gallup research. You're like, oh my goodness. I never thought about using that for like a job application. Yes. That's amazing. A job application when you're 15, when you're 20, when you're 25, when you're 30. Uh, my niece do your nephew, strengths change uh, they don't over time? Really. They don't really. Sometimes you can take the assessment multiple times and they may shift position a little bit. Like your number two strength might move down to number three and your number four strength might move up a little bit. Pretty much these are almost wired into you from birth. And you have to be about 15 years old to take this assessment because of the vocabulary involved. But um, once you know what your strengths are and you've read those chapters, it's amazing how you can bring them into all kinds of discussions. Like students who follow me start applying for scholarships when they're in eighth grade. My book is really full of non-scholarship strategies, but I do get kids excited about trying this. So they talk about their strengths and their scholarship applications. And I just imagine those scholarship committees must be just blown away. She's 15 years old and she understands that she has a strength called maximizer and she takes whatever's put in front of her and makes it bigger. Oh my goodness. Maybe that's a good note for us to end on, Rachel. Yes, you also have a membership group that opens up twice a year that goes into even more depth yeah. and gives people access to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Some people think, um, oh, I have this book and it's got all the directions in it, but what if I have a question about my individual situation? And I do know people have all kinds of different situations. And so I have a membership. It opens twice a year in March and September. It opens for five days in March, five days in September only. Then the doors are closed the rest of the year and you can't get in. And this is because during the rest of the year, I'm inside serving the people that are inside the membership. And so it's only open to people who open my free weekly email newsletter, and that's available at bit.ly slash helpful newsletter, all lowercase, all one word. That link will be in the show notes. When the member doors to the membership open next, you will be invited to be in there. And I'll, I'll do a really good job of explaining what we do in there and how it is helpful. Essentially, you get to be with me in online meetings 10 to 13 times a year and to get your individual questions answered. It's not a huge time commitment, but it's a huge lifesaver when you right. get stuck and you have a question. And I love to tell people, you don't have to show up for all of our meetings. Just treat it like your AAA Auto Club membership. Come on, ask me questions only when you get stuck. The Murphys are definitely planning on joining when the doors open. Good. And it doesn't, you've got a lot of kids. doesn't matter how many kids you have. It's all the same price for all, all, the, all the kids that are a part of your life. So it's less per person for us. Yeah, you could put it that way, right? <laughs> so it's open, I just say this again, it's open only to people who read my free weekly email newsletter. So you've got to subscribe to that at bit.ly slash helpful newsletter, all lowercase, all one word. Where can people find you? Oh, okay. So um, they, they can find the launch, How to Get Your Kids Through College Debt-Free and Into Jobs They Love Afterward on Amazon. Just go on Amazon and search for launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, or 
Burlowski. I'm the only Burlowski that's written a book on Amazon, B-U-R-L-O-W-S-K-I. And you'll get right there. It's 90. There are 90 reviews there. You can also find me at JeannieBurlowski.com. And for uh, people who need help getting into medical school or law school or graduate school, my website for that is GetIntoMedSchool.com. I think really, though, the most important place is bit.ly slash helpful newsletter. I think that's where I'm able to uh, reach into your life on a week by week basis. And this newsletter is completely free. And I'm able to shepherd you through and keep debt free college at the top of your mind as your kids are growing up. I find that people who open that newsletter every Monday morning, they have hot, much higher success rates at this than people who just get a book, put it on their shelf, and don't look at it again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a lot easier when you got somebody reminding you, hey, don't forget to do this. Yes, and, and one of the features of that newsletter is that every Monday when you open it up, it says, hey, you got a ninth grader? Here are the pages that we're reading right now. And you feel like you're a part of a community. You're not alone doing it. Every parent of a ninth grader is being reminded to read those eight pages during this particular month. If you go to Jeannie's website, you can find tons of topics related to college planning. Search for whatever you need. She probably has an article about it. Right. I do have a library of over 200 articles, but most people find them by Googling. So let's say you a question pops into your mind, like are AP classes a good idea or not a good idea? A sports scholarship, is that something to fight for or something to avoid? Or what do I do with the student aid report when I'm, my kid's in 12th grade? Just Google my last name, which is Berlowski, and whatever topic you're wondering about. Is community college a good idea or a bad idea? Just Google the topic and my name, and you'll probably find a really clear, helpful article that I wrote on the subject. And I love for you to do that because it's so shareable. You know, you know other families who are also parenting kids, making AP decisions. You can just post that in your homeschool group. You can post that article on your own website. You can um, email it to a friend. So we're, um, I always like to say, my team and I are leading a debt-free college revolution. We hope you'll join us and not only get your own kids debt through college debt-free and into jobs they love afterward, but I also hope that you'll be instrumental in spreading this word to other families who also need to get their kids through college debt-free. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this great information with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Rachel. If you like our content, please visit us at RaisingConfidentTeens.com or join our Facebook community at Raising Confident Teens Community. We would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast and leave a review.